Welcome. <laughs> Don't get frustrated. Just go with it. Hey, listen, we out here. We're going to make it work. Don't Welcome to Woman Unplugged. Um, episode two, where we discuss episode two mm. of the Woman Every Day podcast. So I have a special guest with me today. The podcast king is him, Eric Sire. In the flesh. Like really in the flesh because it's hard to like I know. pull you down. Do we have like some applause or something we can do? Like some I'ma find that. You'll find that. Okay, let me say your name again so we could like set it up. Okay. Everyone, we have the podcast king, Derek Sire. Okay. I need some walking music. I had a client ask me about walking music one time. And I did um all I do is win, win, win. Hey. And Thank you. Try. I'm trying. Right. So, what are we talking about today? Okay, so, man, it was really interesting listening to uh, my conversation with Amber. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm. I don't know if this is some sort of cognitive dissonance. I don't know. It's just. Did you separate from the moment? Like, or was there some conflict? I just feel like I'm in this season of life. I was, you know, just even yesterday, I went to go see Maya at her job just to kind of surprise her. And it was something about her that just seemed so grown up. Does everyone, do all of your listeners know who Maya is? Yes. You guys (laughs) met her on uh, the first episode of the um, Woman Unplugged. Oh, and I forgot my hair. So I told y'all this is uncut and raw. So I try to stretch out my dreads because, you know, when I spray them, they get... Exactly. So come on, baby. Anyway, check it out. Shake it out. Shake it out. Why did listen, sister locks? That's is where it's at. I don't have brother locks. Brother locks. They call them brother locks. Really? Yeah. It's a thing. I but I don't have them. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they call them. You just have dreads. I just got them locked up. You're right. Okay. I'm trying to catch up with your wife. Her sister locks are amazing. And actually, it was her story, mm-hmm. watching her journey with mm-hmm. sister locks. I was like, yeah. Let she me. cut her hair off twice, like this long. Yeah. And then grew it back out. And like, I did that three times. And then the next time she grew it out, she was like, lock it up. Lock it up. Let's go. Good Lord. Good Lord. All right. So cognitive dissonance, kids. Yes. Everybody's growing up. I feel like I'm in a different season. Mm-hmm. Of parenting. I would agree. And it feels, I don't know how to be in this space. I mean, when I think about being a parent, I always saw myself as a parent of young children Mm -hmm. in this space of big girls, young adults. Look at me, I'm calling them girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They have their own mind, they have their own way, they have a path. Absolutely. That they want to walk, mm-hmm. and it's not my path, mm-hmm. and I'm 
uncomfy. Mm, what's uncomfortable about it? Because you got to think, like, I tell, I was telling Nia, Nia's my daughter. She's a freshman in college this year. And I told her every year, for like maybe the last five or six years, I was like, that I've never had a 13-year-old before. Yeah, you talked about that. And so you're going to have to help me. Like, we got to learn together. Yeah. When she turned 14, I've never had a 14-year-old before. You're going to have to right. help me and go together. So for you, you've never been in this season before. So if you walked into it with confidence and experience, I would be surprised. Well, I am unconfident. Mm-hmm. Zero. Zero. <laughs> not even like one or two percent. Not even like a little bit, a little bit confident. I haven't ruined them yet. <laughs> I'm confident. And I'm saying yeah, I haven't ruined them. I And I hope I don't. I think I just want them to be everything that they can be. Yeah. I want them to experience everything that they want to experience. Yeah. I want them to have their own mind, their own money, their mm-hmm. own goals, their own everything. Yeah. I mean, you want to go to the moon, baby, let's go. Like, go how are we going to get you to the moon? Absolutely. So that's where I'm at. But how do we do it though? I don't know. And then we look at other people and it looks like they have it all together and their kids are perfect. I, don't home <laughs> I just don't. You I, don't, see what, things, I, don't huh? I don't care what it looked like. You know, you done seen some things, you done been through some stuff where like yeah, looking yeah. at people's and then you get behind, you peek behind the curtain. Yeah. And then to the to the world it looked like one thing. And you're yeah, like, listen, but I know them and I've been talking to them. Not that you would ever like, but you right. know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you know. And so yeah, I just and not to say that everybody is presenting mm-hmm. one way. And and no offense, because I everything is not everybody's business. Absolutely. So, like, I get a certain level of, uh, and it's not even secrecy, it's discretion, Mm -hmm. you know, right? People Mm -hmm. trying to protect their jobs, their image, or whatever, you know. So, I just, I don't buy it no more. Yeah. I don't buy it. Um, On the rare occasion you get to meet people, and really, I think it comes down to relationships. Absolutely. So, like, couples or friends Mm -hmm. or whatever, that, okay, like, that's the real deal. Mm -hmm. So, I interviewed. Nikki on yeah. the, and you know, he knows Nikki. Yeah. Y'all graduate in the same class. Same class, yeah. So her and her husband, I was saying they are the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, some, and we didn't even get into it in the podcast. I had mentioned like how they guard their marriage. They do. They are like they, serious. Vigorously. Yes. Like ferociously. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got some habits and practices yeah. that are like, are you serious? And okay, like, Nikki, we gonna put your business out <laughs> just, just a little bit because I, I wasn't gonna do it. I know he wasn't gonna do it. I wasn't gonna do it. Because she family and I, I kind of know. I um, we'll just talk about this one aspect. So um, specifically with like people staying the night mm-hmm. of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Family. Yeah, it doesn't matter which sex it is. They just not. Yeah. So one time you were in. I was Chicago. in Chicago. And I was like, yo, see my coming through. And, you know, uh, normally when I'm in a in a city and I know people there, then I won't get like a hotel room. Like, I'll just go stay with them. You know, they, they friends. I've been knowing you for over 20 years. I'm just swinging through. I'm sleeping on the couch. You know, I know you got kids. I ain't tripping. I've been in the house with right, kids. Right, right, She was like, nah, cuz. Nah. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, we got this rule. And I was like, for real? And she's like, yeah. And so I don't even bother. Yeah. You know? Like, I'll meet you out. And not yeah. rude about it. Oh no, very, very uh, not matter of factors, but like this is what it is. Like if you had a rule, that's how they stated. Yeah, but you know what? I'm divorced. <laughs> On the second marriage, I'm grateful my wife is still here. 
<laughs> hey, we just yet hold on. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do what you have to do. People call enough enough other stuff weird or whatever. But Absolutely. I think when the outcome is good and positive, yeah. then it's like, who am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess what? It's none of my business. Mm, so on that subject of marriage, yeah. one of the things that we talked about in the podcast with Amber was being married so young. Mm. I mean, we both know about that. Yeah. So how old were you? When you got, okay, I was 22. Was, you were 20 also? I was 20 when I got married. Okay. You said yeah. 22. Sorry. You were yes. 20 also. T-O-O. Yes. <laughs> I was like, no, you wouldn't. So you were 20, your wife was 20 as well. Uh, she's 21. 21. Okay. That's right. Sure. Okay. I like them. Yeah. If you could do it all over again. <laughs> I'm joking. She's not that old. She older. Hey, right? How old she, she is? She older. She fine. She fine. Hey, listen. Matter of fact, she was getting ready to go to a brunch today. She she went and hung out with her sister. And she put on some jeans. And I was like, mm-mm, you can't go to brunch. Yeah. Not no jeans. I was like, I'm going to put something else. I'll iron it for you. You know, just go and do the things. She goes to put on this little dress. I was like, come on, brunch. She had some earrings. I was like, them is brunch earrings right there. She put on some shoes. Them is brunch shoes now. She put on, uh, she, had little, she had a little purse on. I was like, that's a brunch purse. Come on now. So she's going to walk out with a little swag and a step. I'm like, come on, go to brunch then. Come on, brunch outfit. She cute. We good for calling stuff out. Now your question, your question, uh, would I do it again? I actually had this conversation with um, with my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, if you could come back and do it 10 times again, would you do it? And my question, my answer was no. Mm-hmm. Like, I've already done it. Right. Had the kids, had the, the marriage. I would do something else nine different times. Right. Like I live this one. I love this one. Right. And that's that. Has, grateful for it. Absolutely. And yeah. that, and and when I say that, I share this story. And people are like, dang, like you ain't supposed to say that. I, I went, recently went on a, a trip to the Grand Canyon with my sister, and I told her this, and she was like, "Well, bro, some stuff you just don't say." And I was like, "I'm I'm being serious. Like I did the thing. Yeah. And and if I get to come back nine more times we're doing it different i'm ways. doing it different that's Nine not different ways. that's not the kid that's not the kids that's just me wanting to try something else yeah. doing it a different way yeah um you know like we try to romanticize uh if anybody watches black mirror there's this show on there where um this couple keeps coming back and they keep coming back in different people but they find each other every time yeah. and so there's this like tendency or this um reaction to want to romanticize like i'll find oh, you mate. in a thousand different lifetimes and a thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm like i may find you but the next time around we might just be friends like yeah. we might just be homie lovers though we might just be whatever it is but yeah. like in this specific case in this essence i wouldn't do this this round again if i got another chance okay I feel that I, I look back and one of the things that I talked about in the episode was I gave up Mm -hmm. so much more than I thought. Mm. And it's it's like, if I could go back as a woman, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I sacrificed a lot as a young wife, stay at home mom, um, and I regret that. Of course, I don't regret my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret the time that I had with my first husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, man, if I could do it differently, I would. I mean. For sure. You sacrifice relationships. 
Mm-hmm. You said, I mean, your body has mm-hmm. gone through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you mm-hmm. share with all this, but. Well, and I haven't even shared that, but so with my third kid and it started with Esther started with, <laughs> isn't this like a metaphor for life um it started with Esther mm-hmm. Amber finished the job but like my abdominal wall completely tore mm-hmm. down the middle where uh some women may have some diastasis I believe it mm-hmm. is where it sort of pulls a little bit um and like if you're doing a sit-up you may get that little plateau mm-hmm. you know um, yeah, mine ripped. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that was holding that kid in was like my flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to wear a brace. Um, I had to wear a brace when I carried Amber and I was on strict bed rest for mm-hmm. six months. If you are listening, I should have tr- trigger warning. <laughs> I should have trigger warning you guys. Trigger warned you guys, especially for people who have not had kids. My story is not everyone's it's not, story. It's not. It was a flu, and I'm short. I have a very short torso. I mean, it probably literally is like, yeah. Um, and when I carry, I didn't go out to the side at all. I went straight for like a bullet. I, I saw a video um, on. I'm a, I'm a bullet up. I saw a video on Instagram the other day, and I sent it to the kids. I was like, "Oh my god, this was literally me when I was pregnant." Because this woman is like super skinny. I was very skinny. Don't listen. Don't say nothing. Now, okay. Um, but um, super skinny, and then it's funny that this you got the video bullet, pulled. <laughs> baby. I'll share it to the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. What I mean? Yes. Yes. That was me. Are we okay. gonna get flagged? Can you can you play that? You said what? Are we gonna get flagged for playing that? Like, uh, like on YouTube or something? We'll figure it out. We we'll get flagged. We'll we'll hand it off. I say we. This ain't my podcast. This is yours. I'm what you worry about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learning. We learning. But yeah, like uh, when you think about what you sacrificed, what you gave, what you went through. Uh, privately, publicly, yeah, like within your family, like when you think about the things, and I only know part of the story, right? Like as your friend, I mean, there are things that you know. I'm sure that either you've forgotten to share, or you will never share, or whatever those listen, things are. The but things that women don't share. Listen, and I'm saying anybody, and so, and so thinking about coming back and doing it again. Mm-hmm. Bruh. Like why? Like why? Bruh. And I've told this to my kids. Like, like I mean, the, the episode I did with Maya, I was like, that dink life, that double income. Mm-hmm, kid, mm-hmm. It's a real thing. Like, for those that are living it, props. Mad props. Yeah. I love my kids. I would never give them up or trade them now that I have them. Like, I love them. But yeah, if I could have an opportunity to experience like a different type Absolutely. of life. And and I think like I don't I don't know that that we have to qualify that decision. Like I think no. we we asterisk our decision because we want everybody else to feel good. Yeah, you know it's like I know what I mean. But the reality <laughs> is, if our kids were in the same spot and they were given the same question, they would answer it the same way. Listen, and without hesitation and no qualifiers, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> little. Just- Come on, they'd be like, I said what I said. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and then they they are like almost unapologetic about completely. It. So I say what I, I say. Straight what I say. I'm Straight not doing face. it again. <laughs> no. I love y'all. I do. 
I'm not doing and it. not. Okay. At all. We might get burned at the stake for this one. I've already uh, had that conversation. Oh, you're talking about with the people. Oh, okay. Jump in the comment section, please. Add me. Please. Please add me. No. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. Did I ask this? Yeah. Did I, your goals sh- shift after you got married? I don't know if you really answered it. Uh, I don't think you asked it. Did my oh, goals okay. shift? Did your goals shift? Um, so I got married so young. I don't know that my goals were even established. Okay. I knew I didn't want to be the dude who stayed in Tulsa, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, went to Bougie Washington High School. Hornets. Hornets up, right? So I went to school with some rock stars yeah. that did some really amazing things. And I don't want to be, we call them loser towny guys. I don't want to be that person. And again, no offense to people who stayed, but I didn't. <laughs> But we all know what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like the person that... They never got out. You know what I'm saying? They, they still in Tulsa going to the football games that an old dude hanging around. I mean, like, yeah. we all know that person. I knew I didn't want to be that person. Right. And so I was surrounded with people that were on athletic scholarships and um, they were really, really smart, high ACT, SAT scores. And I just didn't want to be the dude. So I went to college and I racked up uh, a ton of experiences and a ton of debt in the process. Yep. And um, and so my goals weren't even established. I knew the only thing I wanted to know, I knew two things. One, I didn't want to stay in Tulsa. And then two, I've always known I want to be a father. Yeah. Um, and so outside of that, my goals didn't take shape until I got married. I actually didn't even want more for myself. I was real cool with just kind of going to work. My dad was a bus driver. And so I saw him essentially raised 13 kids driving buses, right? He had wow. five before he, uh, four before he met my mom. My mom had two. They had me together. That's eight. Then he, uh, his fourth marriage or his fourth relationship, she had five kids. And so my dad essentially did. So I grew up seeing a bus driver do okay and do some really cool things. And so I didn't really yeah. want a lot more for myself until I got married. And then she kind of burnt those things out of me. Um, I began, I was on a college campus. And so I started seeing college people want and do things more. So I don't know that my goals took shape until after I got married. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I definitely, I I talked about in the episode how um, I had plans to be on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And that really changed like i was supposed to be moving to new york after graduation I didn't know you know that. yeah they have like audition season mm-hmm. um i had a benefactor who was going wow. to you know pay for gina loves my the dance, transition. Do they know that about you do your listeners know about that i don't think that gina they... loves the dance she danced all through high school Were you, did you dance in middle school too i did dancer y'all like salsa She'll get out there. You know what I'm saying? She'll get out there and shake it up. So she going from, you know, her to her and everything in between. Um, she loves she loves to dance. So that kind of hurts my heart to hear that. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I gladly gave it up. It was sort of like mm. that's yeah, that hit you. It hit me after the fact because I in my mind I thought I would get back to it. And I did continue to dance but it wasn't right my dream my goal mm-hmm. um and, and i'm not uh bitter about that no no i'm not like man i didn't achieve that thing and so i'm sad about it mm-hmm. um the thing that grieves me is that i didn't know better to yeah. you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like if i 
I felt like I had to choose. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm going to choose a family over dancing. Like what is like dancing can't hold me at night. But that's so narrow. Like it is. To, to, to think now looking back then that you only had two choices. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. that, that shows how young. Yep. And how sure. Yeah. 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 That we were yeah. looking at those situations. Yeah. I could totally see you now being like having done the things and traveled the world. And now you're like looking back, pouring into young dancers and I could see you in a studio. Nope. Stop running again. Yeah. Like boring. Talking about the industry and the money part, and the business part and yeah. building a relationship. Like you would, you would have totally that would have been that ver- version three. If we talk about these live version three, that would have been life three. Life two, I would have tried to maybe do it both at the same time. Ooh, yeah, like okay, like family and like I'm married, so maybe not kids now because I'm going to New mm-hmm. York. Um, I was older than my husband, and I graduated before him, so it's sort of like uh, you can meet me later, mm-hmm. meet me in New York City, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> in Barclay Square or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people are doing that. They, yeah. That by, by this time, it wouldn't have been so obscure. I mean, we know friends yeah. in our 40s yeah. that are having kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Listen. Bless you. Our kids are on the way out. Listen. And I cannot imagine. Mm. Bless you. That's all I got to say. Bless you. May your womb be blessed. <laughs> May your children be blessed. May your heritage be blessed. I cannot, I'm 43. I cannot imagine being 71 at graduation. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 61, 61 mm-hmm. at graduation. Mm-hmm. That's not true. I think I could do it. No. 61. I would not want to. No. I can't imagine being pregnant right now. The way my body feels like it's betraying me. She's like currently mid-betrayal. Betraying me. Especially <laughs> going from being like this active yeah. dancer. Yes. Derek remembers a time when your girl was ripped. I had an eight-pack. I'm just soft and squishy now in all the places. And the um, the admiration of of one at least who loves everything that's going on. So don't let a trip on y'all, man. No. I appreciate it. But, um, <laughs> appreciate it. Listen, I'm trying to lose this weight. You know, this that that brings me to something else when we think about like how we look at our lives versus how other people look at our lives. Yeah. And for me to say that I wouldn't do it again. That one, one side, and not that I'm saying there's only two responses to this, but one side would be like, really? And would immediately go into like, what's going on, that he wouldn't do it again. And then the other yeah. side would probably be like, he's ungrateful, you know, that type of thing. And it's like, I think this is where we started our conversation with like, I'm not surprised anymore. Like when people, you know, they're like, yeah, I wouldn't do this again. And on yeah. the, from the outside, it's like, yo, man, look like you're having a good time. Look like everything's like, yeah, you know, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Or I, even the people I, I I spoke about it in, um, I think it was episode one with Nakia about people who have made the very intentional choice to not yes. have kids. Going to, through all the measures. Yeah. To not do it. I got to yeah. go friends like that. And to me, I, it, I don't know. It's kind of, I marvel at it a little bit because it's like, wow, you had the wherewithal. First of all, you waited. Mm-hmm. You weren't having kids young. You didn't have kids by accident, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
So, which meant you had knowledge, you had tools, yeah. you made a choice. I'm going to, you know, wait until I'm ready. And then when you got to a point where you're ready, you're like, I'm good. I don't want to. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And like serious. I, I do know at least um, two couples who decided later on that they did want kids. Mm -hmm. But by the time they were decided in this, <laughs> I feel like uh, is key. They were much more financially Oh, stable and established not only financially but also in their career and professional growth um and so i look at those people because like we didn't come from families where we inherited no. any sort of no. wealth no or, no um no you know there was no dowry no. uh you know no exchange of cows or goats um no. it was like at all bruh thank you for helping me take her off my uh payroll appreciate you I mean, pay for my own wedding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But we didn't get no help with no deposit or no house. We didn't yeah. get no car gifts. We got. I will say, my my dad, he, my, and I'm saying my dad, my parents, they did pay for my wedding. Mm -hmm. um, and when we bought a house, they didn't help us with a down payment. But, um, they have been helpful in other ways that made it available for us to, yeah. you know. That's good. Respect. Yeah, yeah mad respect. Yeah, mad yeah. respect. Honor like, and glory. The oppression Olympics. To the period. I, you know, I ain't trying to like, I'll compete you in that. You know, just saying like, <laughs> right. compared to what people, other people got that we've seen. Right, that's typical. Yeah, that's, that's normal. That puts them ahead. Even if it's just information. You know, like, mm -hmm. you, there's another way to do it. Like, I got I got made fun of for like getting married and then having kids. Same. <laughs> Same. Oh snap! Well, he got married. Then you know it's like. Well, you know, I was the virgin when I got married, uh -huh. so I really got made fun of. Oh my god! Oh, come college boy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't have no goals. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have, have any wherewithal. I was very immature. Or maybe mature appropriate, should we say, for a 19, 20-year-old. Yeah. And, you know, I, like, I dropped out of school to get married. Like, I moved to a different oh, state to get married. Right. Like, and my dad it, it tried to, like, help me, but it had no backing. Like, it just, it didn't feel right. Like, he was like, don't do it, son. And I was like, why? <laughs> he was like, I don't know. It's just, it oh. don't feel right. <laughs> it just don't feel right. I'm like, give me something, pops. And I was like, I love her. And he was like, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the dad that was married four times. Yes, yeah, four yeah. times, right? That's one of the things he always told me. He said, I can't I can't tell you how to stay married, but I can tell you what to do if you don't want to stay married. And it was just one of those things where he was just like, I don't know, son. It just don't before he passed, did he ever like affirm you in your choice to get married? Like I mm. know you wrong about that. Y'all are doing good. No. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Dad, dad. Thought that was going to be a moment. No. A little TV moment. No. He grabbed my hand and he was like, son, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, my dad was always been, you know, proud of me, encouraging me and things like that. But he never, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like when he said I was wrong or I should have did differently. You know, the thing about that is like, I think that parents, especially, you know, parents that are a little bit older, uh, I, I don't they just kind of stick by their decisions oh um, to the death like i just in the moment that's what i thought was the best decision and i did it yeah like 
and and I, I respect the the firmness of it. And I think Dad maybe in his um his wanting the the most for me. He also had kids at a very early age. Yeah, he also got married at a very early age, and having to leave one uh, kid, the the mother of that kid, and then find another mother. Uh, had four kids, and then left that one, and then went to another mother, and then had me, and then went to another one who had five kids. I think my dad, by the time I was getting married, was looking at marriage like it's it's a joke. It's like you don't need to, bro. Like yeah. you love her, yeah. Well, you don't have to get married, you know, like. He just, he just was, from his experience, was just trying to give me some advice that he didn't necessarily have to give. Yeah. He just knew from his own experience that he had seen what I was doing before, and he, he hadn't seen it seen it play out well. Yeah. Um, so, again, it goes back to the questions of, like, would I do it again? No. And then, two, did I have goals? No. Just because I was so young. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have the wherewithal. Yeah. Okay. Random question. Okay. Uh, but there was a little quip in the episode with Amber when I said she was my favorite Amber and she was like favorite child. And I was like, my favorite Amber. So that's something mm-hmm. I always say to my, you're my favorite Maya. You're my favorite Esther. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, favorite kid? Mm. He only has two. I got two. I got two. Um, they I'm have, thinking about it. I am because not like overall, but they do some things that are my favorite things. Yeah. Right. Like me and Nia, we would just sing and we are snugglers. And um, she will let me kiss her till the day is long. She just got to know. She's like, how many, how many kisses? And I'm like a billion. And she's like five. I'm like, okay. But she's so affectionate and snuggly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ethan is my talker. Mm-hmm. Like he will. So it's like, I have my favorite things that they do, but um I don't know. Like Nia was my first. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, and I tell, and she, she, you know, she's a crier as well. And I'm like, you made me a daddy. Like you did. Yeah. Like mama did mama, but you like, you made me a daddy and I'm forever grateful yeah. for that gift. Like I've never received a gift like that from anyone. Like when you can gift fatherhood, uh, like that, she gave that to me. Right. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's really cool. And mamas, I'm not dissing y'all. Like, I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. It's the same. It's relative, man. I mean, we can't, yeah. like, I can't, I can't be a parent without kids. Yeah. And so my, my, my daughter literally helped raise me. Like she helped mature me at a, at a rate that I probably wouldn't have had I not had kids. Mm, that's um, good. And so they have their favorite things um, about them that I enjoy. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Uh, another theme discussed in the episode was entrepreneurship. Mm. And I know that you are an entrepreneur. I am. Hung your own shingle. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me, how did you get into owning your own business and 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 running it? Yeah. Um, so I think I can go back to uh, being eight, nine years old. And my dad, while he did drive buses, he also had like these little side gigs. So he would, always like, detail cars, and he would like uh, he would just do you know he he was he was a drug dealer you know for a while and street pharmacist street pharmacist. He was also um, a pimp. Do we have a a name for that one? People management. People pusher. People, people management. I don't know. I, I don't know. He he you have to look that up. Yeah. So he was just kind of um. 
while he did punch a clock, he had some side situations. Yeah, yeah. So I always saw dad um, with cash in his hand. I always saw dad like come home and then do something else. Mm-hmm. Like he volunteered his sports, he volunteered at the church. And so he always found a way to do something extra with his time. Uh, he encouraged me to recycle cans. Um, he allowed me to use his uh, lawnmower to walk around the neighborhood and cut grass. Uh, my pastor uh, uh, helped teach me how to drive when I was in middle school. And so he would pay me um, in like coins, like leftover cash from the end of the week. Um, when I was um, in, um, when I was uh, after I graduated college, I worked for a company and I, I met this dude named Hetty. Uh, Gregory Coleman had a good Hedy, shout out America. Hedy had a full time job, but he also did all these things on the side, like yeah. ran a poetry night, and he was working with a, a nonprofit called uh, Education is Cool. Um, his dad is also also an entrepreneur, and he is now the executive director for four nonprofits under his dad. And so he does that in addition to pastoring a church, in addition to being a speaker and trainer, in addition to being an author. And so just I've had people in my life that were always doing something extra besides working a job. Um, and then I believe uh, God has put people in my life to help me bring that stuff to pass. And so ended up connecting with a guy named Jared Murr with Paradigm Shift out of Muskogee. Um, Regina helped launch my company. She did some branding and online presence and marketing and things like that. Um, Haiti was one of those guys. Uh, uh, was Greg, uh, Greg Hawks, uh, Hawks Agency. Shout out Greg Hawks. Yeah, he was one. Um, so I just had people that was around me to kind of help me do those things. Uh, so it was inevitable that I was going to have a side gig, a side hustle. But what launched me into starting my own things uh, I was at Chesapeake Energy. It was a natural gas company, energy company here in Oklahoma City. I remember that. And um, I remember going to these trainings. And we would sit there for four hours. And for 45 minutes, this person would click. And they'd turn and they'd read the PowerPoint. And they would give you some handouts. And they'd reference the page number and all the stuff. And so I remember talking to uh, Danielle. What's her name in HR? Shout out to Danielle. And uh, I was like, yo, we got to do something different. Like, we have... 10,000 employees all across the United States. And they're all going through this, this training. What can I do? And she was like, well, games, activities, tabletop stuff. And so I got into that. I was getting ready to jump and leap and leave and start my own company. And then, uh, Chesapeake Energy went through new management. Uh, the CEO was pushed out. They brought another guy in who's a bottom line guy. And, um, I worked in the fitness center and then they pushed out the fun stuff first. And so it kind of forced me, um, to, to swim or drown. And over the last uh, 11 years, I've been able to publish four books, start two companies. Uh, I've spoken in 42 states and two countries. Um, oh, I've spoken over to 500,000 students across the country. Uh, and so, like, I'm kind of at this pace now where uh, entrepreneurship is kind of a lifestyle into what I do. Yeah. Um, and I've even gotten to a point where I can help other people start theirs as well. That was a long answer. I love it, though. So, I hearing you talk immediately brings to mind Taylor Doe. Tito! Shout out Taylor Doe. Um, And he talks about these and then moments. Mm -hmm. So along your entrepreneurial Mm. journey, what were some of those and then moments? I mean, you've kind of dropped a few nuggets with some people who were instrumental in Mm -hmm. helping you, but what are those critical and then moments that really helped propel you to the next dot. Yeah. Um, 
I can think of my dad, of course, and he's throughout, but I can remember one specific thing that he did uh, when I was younger, and that was uh, make your bed. Mm-hmm. Make your bed. Like that was something as it pertains to starting the day with the win, having discipline, keeping my space neat. Uh, I was just one of those kids that once I locked into neat spaces, wherever I went, whether it was middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, uh, when I, I'm, I'm married, like one of the things I do when I wake up is make my bed. And I started that when I was probably seven, eight years old. Um, the next one will probably be Mr. Wiley, who was the ele- elementary school teacher who introduced me to singing um, in a, on a stage. And I remember asking him, he was like, Dad, we just need you to sing. And I was like, sing what? And he was like, anything. And so I would get on stage and I would sing uh, Star Spangled Banner and uh, the National Black Anthem and the ABCs and Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Like he just wanted me to sing anything. Yeah. And then I found out, this is what I found out, that girls didn't only like guys with muscles. <laughs> they like people who feed them and who are funny and are talented. And I've kind of, that's, I've logged that in like from third or fourth grade on, like, wait a minute, I can be funny. Girls like that. Yeah. I can be talented. Girls yeah. like that. Yeah. Cause I was this short little chubby guy. Right. And I was trying to be like the muscly dude that I saw, like all the fast kids who could jump high and they were, you know, strong. Yeah. And I was like, wait, 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 I don't have to be those things. I can be funny and I can be nice and I can be smart and I can be talented and I can feed you and you will still like me. And so I'll kind of take, take those skills like through middle school, high school, um, that's a lady named uh, Janet Thomas that I met in sixth grade. And, um, she was the first teacher that I knew that consistently spoke Janet life Thomas. into me. Sixth grade. Yep. At Carver. P.E.? No, no, no. She was, um, she was like social studies or something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She came to my wedding. Um, when I got married, she bought me a crystal bowl. Um, that I still have uh, from my way. And she was one of those uh, people that was like, this is a piece that you can pass down to your kids. And if you don't have anything like that, allow me to like give you the first thing. So I absolutely love her. Still keep in contact with her. Uh, Janice Bay Youth. Uh, Shout out. Listen, she, she put the mic on my hand, put me on stages, gave me the opportunity to sing uh, in front of hundreds of my peers, uh, took me around uh, the city and the state. Uh, the country to go do some really cool things uh, regarding music. And I'm still in love with music to this day. Um, I have a guy named Gerald uh, Cowan, um, who is a professor at UCO. Um, I think he might be the dean of uh, outdoor rec there. Um, But I got there at the same time that he got there. And um, we just kind of built this relationship. Uh, I still hang out with him to this day, but he's the one that recommended me for the internship at Chesapeake Energy, which is where I worked for nine years. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got all these people along the way that I absolutely love um, that service and then moments. Um, and for those of you that aren't really sure, that aren't familiar with Taylor Doe and these and these moments, an and then moment is like when you're telling a story and it's like, I went to UCO and then I got a job at uh, Chesapeake Energy. And Taylor, like, has these, he's like, wait, What's the end then? Like, what happened in that moment? Yeah. Oh, well, I was showing up early for class. I would stay late. I would volunteer. And I met this guy named Gerald Cowan. And he was like, oh, tell me more about Gerald. Gerald. And then Gerald becomes my end then moment. And so I just have these people that I just meet over and over and over again that kind of help uh, put a microphone in my hand, put me on the stage, gave me the confidence to do what I do today. I love that. Um, (laughs) I can't shorten my answers. That was long. No, it's okay. People gonna put me on two times speed, like when they're gonna. I put everybody on two times. <laughs> well, 
some people I've noticed as I listen to my own podcast, I normally listen to podcasts on one and a quarter. Mm. And I talk really fast. I feel like I'm talking fast right now. Yeah, we are. So I can't do one and a quarter on myself. Uh, but I wonder if these other like professionally done podcasts are actually slowing it down because their music sounds normal. Mm. So like I listen to my music and it's like, but it's like slower mm. when I'm playing it at one X. So anyway, I think between the podcast yep. and the audibles, mm -hmm. there's something because, you know, you listen to these books on one X. Yeah. They are so slow. And I'm like, nobody talks like that. So mm. anyway, you can't listen to my podcast. Maybe it's a tip. Maybe they say speak slower so that when people speed it up. I don't know. I feel like they're slowing people down. Uh, you think so? I also think that like my brain moves at like this, this speed. Yeah, I agree. So podcasts, one and a quarter audibles, mm -hmm. one and a half. There we go. Uh, uh, Marco Polo, 2X. 2X, you got 2. 2X. Especially if what they're talking about is like, you kind of got the gist of what yeah. they're talking about, you know. Yeah, double tap that. Yeah, double tap that. Five seconds, 10 seconds. Okay. Um, <laughs> a shout out. I'm not listening to y'all polos. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the dope moms because I've, I've made I've made some uh, low-key complaints. Like, I love our little, we have this mom group uh, on Marco Polo, but I'm like, People be talking. Y'all better show them polo. And then they're like searching in their purse. Mm -hmm. And they're like quiet. And then they're like talking to the traffic. And it's like, pause. Stay focused. Talk to me. Talk to us. This was an eight minute oh, polo. Oh, three. Which is an eight minute polo is forever in polo land. I mean. I feel like a two minute polo is forever in polo land. So I do watch them all, ladies. I'm all caught up. I Well, let me see. I might That's be hilarious. seven behind right now, but... Um, For anybody else that uses Marco Polo, do you look at the... Uh, eight. I'm eight behind. You're eight behind. It's actually called the Dope Moms Club. Um, Told y'all. Do, do anybody else look at the white time marker at the end, at the bottom of the polo to see... Oh. <laughs> Every time. To see, like, how, oh no, what's I'll come the, back. What's the commitment level? <laughs> I need to know. I'll come back. I'll, I'll come back. And when I'm sitting it's on a. It's just minutes. Yeah, it is, but it's like. You know how much time we spend scrolling. But that ticker on the bottom feel like it'd be crawling. Oh, you know, no. I can't do it. Come the, back. Do you have Marco Polo Plus? plus? Yeah, I do. Got to, because look me. <laughs> that time and a half. And then there's one person in our group. Who doesn't I'm have I'm not going to say, you know your name, but you know your name. She talks very, very fast. Uh -huh. First of all, no waste of time. So I appreciate your Marco like, oh, thank you. <laughs> but um, I can't listen to her on double time. No. At our time. Like, like, literally, that's what it sounds like. like. <laughs> all right. Love y'all. Bye. Yep. <laughs> that's it. So anyway, yeah. it anyway. Uh, I'm not hating on a dope mom's club. I love y'all. No, hey, and and go go check out before we transition to the other other questions. Uh, go check out Taylor Doe, please. Yes, um, back and to Taylor. then you can you can type in and then Taylor Doe D O E. Such a good talk. I think it's about 13, 14, 15 minutes. It's good. Follow him online. He's doing some really cool stuff, not only in Oklahoma but around the country. Okay. Um, switching gears. Okay. How do you and your wife approach? Oh, I was like, hello. 
domestic duties? Ooh, um, I am more domestic than she is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we just kind of had this, um, we had this semi agreement early on that like, if she handles the money. Okay. She's really good at that. She is. If she handles the money, then I will do the other things. Okay. Um, and so, and then I, I, I was very domestic growing up. And so it was, um, laundry and, um, cooking. My mom was like, don't, don't ever allow nobody, no woman to cook for you. So I learned how to cook very early on. Okay. Um, she didn't want to, I was, I also was a late potty trainer person. So I peed the bed. So I was like, well into like six, seven years old. I was so, episode. I was 11. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I mean, it was some traumatic stuff that was happening. Right. Yeah. But it was like, so she was just, she, mom was just like, I'm not doing it. And if I find out that you peeing in the bed, then you're going to get whooped. And I didn't want to get whooped. So I learned how to do laundry very yeah. early on. And so um, I was probably about seven or eight when I started doing my laundry. Uh, seven or eight when I started cooking. Um, I was always cleaning because my dad was a very cleanly person. And so I uh, just kind of middle school, high school, college. Like I just, I was the neat person. I was very domestic. Yeah. Um, and it worked out well because uh, that's something that um, my wife, while she can be good at, uh, if given the option to not do it, <laughs> yeah. she will take another task. Well, but she's such a great designer. Like when it comes to so decor and yes. and organizing for yeah. sure. I mean, like I've hired her a couple of times to come, you know, please help me get my life together. Mm -hmm. But um, she has, I mean, her eye for beauty yeah. is really good. So I think it, you guys make a really great match in that. Yeah area yeah and then right. and then food is as well like uh i don't i don't mind cooking and so uh and not that she can't cook but i just i'm the type of dude that will just get in there and cook like four meals and then that way i don't have to cook the rest of the time and it's ironic that none of my family enjoys leftovers and so whenever they be like there ain't nothing to eat i'm like you a lie i know you a lie i know for that that is uh that's one of those things that Adam has come to. Y'all know. I'm just, my honey, sure. I'm just making sure. Okay. Adam Lane. Um, but he. Sorry. Oh, and I'm shaking the table. Sorry. I'm working with the door. Um, Adam has learned that we're not big on leftovers. <laughs> and he is very much a leftovers guy. I think it might break his heart just a little bit. I love it so much. I will make like, I will bake some spaghetti mm -hmm. and just eat it all week. Yeah, I I want to be a leftovers. <laughs> like, I'm I just not. Know. Like, in my heart, I feel like I am. We talked about this, though. You you want fresh food. Like, Dude, you like hot, I like, like hot fresh food. Yeah, yeah. I, I like uh, my cold, food. cold. Like, How many times have I heard I say this? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, and I do, I love, like, salad, mm -hmm. you know, Adam is one of those people that he can do that, mm -hmm. and he also, he doesn't have to have his food hot, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you don't want to put it in the microwave, he's like, no, I'm good, it's yeah. fine, and I'm like, mm -hmm. bless you. And your digestive system. <laughs> does it matter? I don't think it does, that's, you know, I don't know, I want to say there's black people, but. 
I just know, like, mamas and grandmas be like, you want me to warm it up? Let me warm you up a plate. Let me let me warm that up real quick. Don't don't stand and eat, and then don't eat cold food. I'm like, where you get this from? I don't know, but I will say this. So, we did not have... That's not true. We had a microwave mm -hmm. growing up, but we weren't really allowed to use it, much like the dishwasher that we had that we were... had a dishwasher with. and microwave and then use either? No. So... Um, I, to this day, if I need to heat something up, mm -hmm. unless it's just like a few seconds, mm -hmm. um, I, uh, will heat it up in the oven or on the stove. The oven? Leftover pizza? Oven. Microwave. Or cold. I'll eat pizza cold. Green beans? Stove. Microwave. Got some meat. I might, depending on what it is, it's going in on the stove, like with a little water to get that steam up. And to this day, my mother will not use a microwave and she will not eat off of throwaway plates. Really? She's at the house right now, by the way. Is she? How long is she here? I'm always trying to keep her for her. Unless I'm she wants to stay. I know. I'm to try to get, you ain't got no life back. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to? Exactly. You got a boyfriend? Shut, Gina. Your mama does not have a boyfriend. She got two because she <laughs> daddy is her boyfriend too. That's hilarious. Listen. Don't put your mama's business in the street like that. That's hilarious. Mommy, you got two? Mommy, she just told you all your business on this episode. Do they know about each other? You know, old folks, they be knowing about each other. They don't even care. They be like, oh, okay. I got to be quiet now because I don't know how she's going to about it. <laughs> Gertrude, you better tell them, stop using my soap. There's <laughs> <laughs> rules around here. It's some etiquette. Father in heaven. That's hilarious. Lord Jesus. Help us. Wait, she be trying to go back to her boyfriend. And I be like, I don't know that dude. Really? I want to say another word. Don't do it. How do you, how do you feel about domestic uh, duties and responsibilities? So, I don't know if I... Yeah, I did talk about that on this And how episode. they change. Heck yeah. So, um... And then, how do your girls see it? Okay, that's three questions. Oh. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I definitely grew up very heavy in the gender roles. Traditional gender roles? Very traditional to this day. I have not cut a yard. Okay. I didn't start taking out trash until um, maybe being married to Lorenzo. But even now, I don't take out the trash unless mm -hmm. like somebody missed it. Mm -hmm. um, it's very rare. Uh, so, the, yeah. Who's somebody? Amber now. Okay. Just this morning, she was complaining. She was like, I'm the last one left and nobody's here to... And Adam was like, we don't even ask you to do that much. Like, just go take out trash to the dishes. Like listen, these kids, man. And it's my fault. It's my fault. I'll take I'll take the blame for that. Hey, you asked them to do the never mind. I'm like, this is the rest of the episode right here. If we start talking hey, we can't, this. we can't, we can't. It's the rest of the episode. Because I got a lot of material. I got so many examples. You see the kind of chores we were doing every Saturday. Come on, listen. There, listen. Were, there were daily chores. And then there was Saturday. The and Sunday was pressed it. Saturday was clean today. Listen, Woke when the church music. With the music. Oh. 
Are you here, Al Green? I am. Listen. So I, in yeah. love. Uh-huh. Okay. Mama with the bonnet and the yes, house dress on. Dress. Coming in with that broom in her hand, knocking on the door. And we swept our carpet. We had a vacuum cleaner. We had that Kirby. Yeah, I was a... But there was sweeping the carpet, and then there was the vacuuming. So sweeping the carpet was deep clean, mm -hmm. and carpet was just surface. Do you uh, Did you see that meme that said uh, black people season everything, even their carpet? <laughs> Going through the house. <laughs> oh, don't send it to me. Don't find it and send it. To oh me. my god! I was like, listen, I stand convicted and confirmed. Yeah, just walking around the house, hand on on the. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did you get this? We got it in the house. We got it. If I if somebody vacuumed and they didn't season the carpet, people like, who see who the vacuum this is? My bad. Let me go on back and hit you with the joint. So we don't even do that now because it really messes up your carpet. Does it? Yeah. What does it do to it? It it you never really get it all. And so dirt, oil, all those things yeah. gets trapped. If you have allergies, it makes it even worse. Mm. It smells good though. It do. That smells it works. Listen. It, it ain't nothing like walking through a house and smelling Lysol and bleach. Listen, and we had comment. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. <laughs> sprinkle that. Listen, your bathroom was not clean if it didn't have no comment and no Lysol. We see, we season our toilets, we season our tubs, we season our sinks. Yes, we just uh, what's it? Uh, Lyrys, lemon juice, <laughs> sink Lyrys, <laughs> <laughs> toilet Lyrys, just season everything. Listen, it's gonna get some season. Everything got clean. The corners, listen, baseboards, baseboard, window sills, all of it. Ceiling fans. No, no more. What kind of chores do you do your kids do? Their only responsibilities is their end of the house. So our house, when you enter into our house, we have the master suite. As soon as you walk in the front door, you got to go through the living room, dining room, kitchen to get to the back side of the room. We not balling. Don't even don't even think we balling. They are. But when you get to the back end of the house, you have three bedrooms, one bathroom, and the laundry room. They're responsible for their end of the house. You clean up your room. You clean up your bathroom. They alternate on on the kitchen, who does dishes and countertops, stuff like that, and take the trash out. That's it. Okay. So what is cleaning the room and how often? Yeah. To me, which is not what's done, cleaning the room is putting your laundry up, straightening your bed, vacuuming your carpet. So what's actually happening consistently yeah. nothing so man where did we lose our way because we try to get like it's like we could walk in the room and we don't immediately want to go into any room because it's like now we're coming like aware of like mental health and uh, uh we want them to have agency and we understand that you've had a hard day at school and you're tired and you may need a nap or you might be hungry and um, you you are able to operate in your space even when it's not clean and uh, just because other people, you know, it's like we got all this stuff and I again, I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying there's something to get your ass. Um, are we? 
Yes. Oh, get your ass out this bed and clean this damn room. Right. My daddy would literally open up the door, hit the wall twice. Much mm-hmm. Michelle I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's from his uh, military travels. Yeah. Um, but listen, that meant get your ass up and clean. Like, what? Why am I? Why am I having to come in here? You heard the music. You know what time it is. To tell you, my I've gotten woken up with bell out of my sleep. Cold water, like the pitcher cold water. Okay, I didn't get that. I got that. I got the, my dad knew how to like snap his belt. Like, oh, the snapping of the belt. Listen, listen. Yep. That crack. That crack, that crack. And again, I'm not saying that it was all right. I'm also saying that it wasn't all wrong. Man. And our kids, they just have so much more individuality and voice and we try to allow them NHC. And they got words. I mean, listen. They got words for feelings. Um, They got, they will speak up. Mm -hmm. And we've we've created these humans. We have. And I think there's, there's there's a place where it will soon become valuable because we need them to be able to advocate for themselves and to defend themselves and say the things that our grandparents and great grandparents were un- were afraid to say, unwilling right. to say. Um, and so, you know, but with that comes, um, we got to give some of the, the stuff away. Yeah. I feel like we're definitely in this crossroad season yep. um, because I have become acutely aware of how much, and you know, cause I've talked about this, I apologize to my kids for spanking them Mm. growing up. Um, I just have become acutely aware of the impact of slavery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know who I heard say this, but they said the most, I think they said the racist, the most racist thing you could do or the most painful thing you could do was to spank your kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, oh, man. And I forget which episode it was, but, you know, just talking about, like, how my dad was disciplined by his father. Mm-hmm. And while we don't know how my grandfather was disciplined, mm-hmm. we do know that his father was born enslaved. Mm-hmm. And so I'm only, boom, 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 three generations removed. Yeah. Great grandfather, grandfather, my father, me. Absolutely. From slavery. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how much of this is the generational trauma that we are continuing to pass down? Right. Um, and where does it stop? And how does it stop? And I think that process is murky. It's uncharted territory, okay. I think we're in the murky ugliness of it all trying to detach from Mm -hmm. the trauma. Yeah. In in the arcade of it. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of it that happens out of traditionalism and um, unawareness. Like there's no other, I don't see another way to do it. And so I'm going to do this because it was done. This is what I know. Exactly. This is all I know. I don't have a Rolodex. I'm literally just pulling from. What I know. Yeah. And the spankings were effective. Yeah. Listen, Mm -hmm. I need you to get up and go do. Oh, you don't want. Mm -hmm. And then they got up and they went to go do. Uh, Who is that? Uh, Teach not punish. 
Tierra. Ooh. She was class of 2000. Robin's sister. Okay. Not Fleming. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh Um, She has a nonprofit called Teach Not Punish. Mm -hmm. And um, she talks about not spanking your kids. Teach them. Don't punish them. Yeah. This sounds Uh, like a love and logic as well. Yeah. Um, So shout out to uh, Teach Not Prompt. Teach not punish. Class two thousand. Book two. I said no. Boom tussle. Yeah, yeah. So so boom book two. But I remember when she started this, and I was like, oh, that's not for me. That's not for me. These kids go. They gonna get the beat down. They gonna catch the hands. Yeah. You know, I, I heard. I heard someone say that uh, that oftentimes during slavery, that if you could, if you could get to your kids before like the owner or slave master could, then they would. The slave master would let you discipline your own kid. And so oftentimes what would happen is they would would say, oh, yeah, that's right. They would say, we got him. You don't have to do it. We got him. And they're like, let me see it. Mm -hmm. And so now we whooping our kids in front of master. So master don't beat the crap out of them. And oftentimes I think that mindset carries down of like, let me get you here before the world gets you. Yeah. Like I need to, to establish, I need you to get it here yeah. because the world isn't going to be as kind as this belt in my hand is to you. Right. And I'm, I love you. I whoop you because I love you. Yeah. How many times we hear it? Oh, listen, this hurt me more than it hurts you. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, at the time, but as a parent now, it's like, I've literally spanked my kids and then like cried in my room. Same. Like same. You 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 think I don't want you to get these lessons? Yeah. And if this is the only I try to talk to you, because because for for us, I say for me, for us, spanking wasn't like our go to. Well, yeah, it you know was actually absolutely final resort. Although yeah. I, I think for our parents, it was for my parents, it was my my, my parents talked like, kind of defendants. My parents yes. they they talked later. It, it, it flipped when I got a little older. In fact, my dad was like, "Son, you too old to be whipping." Yeah. And then he like set me on the bed, pointed to the gun above his closet. You know, he was like, that's my belt from here on out. Yeah. I don't recommend that for anybody. It kept me straight. You're not telling me nothing twice. Got but, it. Message received. Listen, yeah. it, it, if it's obedience or death. And again, I'm not recommending this for anybody. I'm just saying there's this, you, you called it. We're in this transition. We're in this phase of like, we're trying to detach from this, but attach to what? To what? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I started to see uh, there was a point where we stopped just spanking. So mm-hmm. this me apologizing has come in the present. But when we stopped, that was a clear moment because I just I, if, I felt like it wasn't effective anymore mm-hmm. and it was causing harm. But I still didn't feel the need to apologize mm-hmm. because it was sort of like, this is what you do. Spare, yeah. the, spare the rod, spoil the, the child. child. Um, wow. But I remember it was also during that time that I would see other families. Kids are well-behaved, mm-hmm. mannerable, mm-hmm. kind, yeah. like the kind of kids that I wanted to produce um, and impact and put out in the world. Um, and they did not yeah. spank their kids. And I was like, oh, maybe there's maybe another I'm way. But, you know, and I think for every example that we have, we can look at other examples as well. Because I know people who don't spank their kids, and you can tell. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, some of y'all ain't never had open any shows. Ever. Some of y'all ain't ever had no redirection. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, have you seen Big Daddy with yes. Adam Sandler? And he was yes. literally letting the kid do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. And he was like, I guess you just suffer the consequences of whatever decision you make. Yeah. And I don't know that uh, that's the best decision right. for everybody. 
the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has a lot to do with determining your child's learning patterns. Cause yeah. I know for me, like early, very early on, uh, I didn't require spankings. I would get them, but I just wish they would have known earlier. They could have been, yeah. they could have told me like, few. they could have told me I'm disappointed. And yeah. that was enough. I was broken. Listen, I'm so disappointed. Yeah, Derek. I was, time to my, my dad, this is the one time I, both my parents said they were disappointed in me. What happened? How'd you respond? Oh, I'm going to tell you what happened because you know this person. Don't say their name. I'm not going to say okay. their name, but they, uh, I snuck them into the house because okay. they didn't have anywhere to go. Okay. And my parents before had let this individual into our home uh, and uh, they had stayed the night before. Very, very dear friend. And um, so the first time I got permission, mm-hmm. like, hey, they don't have anywhere to go. Can they come over? Mm-hmm. Second time, I didn't ask. He didn't want me to say. Mm-hmm. But I ended up telling my parents because I just couldn't keep that secret. Mm-hmm. And when my daddy said, mm. I'm very disappointed in you. Broke. It's over. Like, I will never forget them. I remember what I was wearing. I remember where I was sitting. I remember where he was sitting. And my mom was just on the side. Don't make no sense. That's a perfect impersonation of my mom. I can see her doing just mm. Yeah. So very broken. Yeah, my dad, my dad, my aunties, my mama. Derek, I cannot tell you. How disappointing we are. They were all together. I mean, it's just individually. Like, I remember because they were treating me like my my other cousins. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even have to do that to me. Like, what y'all doing today? Mm-hmm. With the, with the uh, what's the little blinds? The things that you twist the, mm-hmm. you unhook that? I've been whooped with that too. I, I don't need no floss water, no shoe, no extension, extension cord, cord, no water hose. I don't mm-hmm. need broom handle. I don't need no wooden spoon, no back scratcher. Like, I don't need... No jumper cables. I don't need no, no oh, cable wire. I don't need no, no you. If you just talk to me, <laughs> you will get the desired behavior. They are had it. I'm not. They they. I don't know if they need it, but I had eight siblings in front of me. So this is me watching my older siblings. Like, do not talk to mama like you crazy. Like, okay, got it. Like, jump in like. No, I didn't need it. I didn't, and I'm the youngest of eight as well. Like I didn't I didn't need it. I didn't need it. But they found out like and I and so again, that's what I'm saying. I think that's like the um it's so important for us to take the time to get to know our children mm-hmm. and how individual they are. Uh because uh, I think that if we learn how to parent the personality, mm-hmm. then we will be the most effective that we can be instead of yeah, with a broad stroke, just parenting everyone. Everybody the same way. Yeah, but that takes a lot of time and energy. It and parenting is hard work. It is twenty four hours. It is seven days a week. That's it does I'm, not take. I'm a, not doing it again. That's why I'm not. <laughs> that's why I'm not doing it again. No. And now we're full circle. Now full so I'm not doing it again, Daddy. Don't you love us? I do. <laughs> in this lifetime, if you born again, another. I hope to meet you. And hire you and work with you and be your friend. But I don't want to be your daddy in the next life. That was hard. It's hard. 
currently still is. I'm in the middle of it. I will never not be your daddy until I die. Ever. And that's tough. <laughs> and our parents had multiple kids. Like it's 10 of us. Listen. I And we had and two. They, and I'm like, <laughs> done, bro. I mean, I went got snip, tied, burnt, sizzled, knotted. I was like, Listen, I wonder how Adam feels. I mean, part of me knows a little bit, but sort of walking into a ready made family with teenage girls. I mean, that has to be the worst time to. I mean, the dynamics are already set. The personalities are I, I, almost solidified. Mm. Like, you're walking into a situation that is in motion. Yeah. And you just got to double dutch in. You got to be like, you watching everything that's happening? And then you're going to jump in and like, Ooh, jump back out. Like, it just... And he's done masterfully well. But I know, yeah, love you, babe. But I know it hasn't been easy. It's probably... I can't speak for him, but I imagine that this is the hardest thing <laughs> he has ever done in his whole entire life. You should ask Adam if you get nine more chances. <laughs> no. I feel like I love you, but with all my heart. <laughs> and these girls, I love listen, I love you. He gonna he gonna give you the longest front load ever. He gonna be like I learned so much about myself He's and life. <laughs> and I, I adore all of you. Oh my gosh. I would give almost any. He's like, get to the point. He's like, but would you do it again? He's like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you'll say you're stuck with me now. And I'll be like, you you're stuck, stuck with me. me. Listen, but you know, we went to go visit um, Esther in the dorms. Okay. You guys know Esther. You Congratulations. Know made the, the first team the as a freshman? Yeah. She's a freshman there. representative um, for the dance school and, you know, gets to sit in on some faculty meetings. And then she made company as a freshman. So I'm super That's proud. Yeah. yeah. And dancing with Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So super proud. That's amazing. So, um, but, you know, we were just talking yesterday over dinner and he was like, man, I know that they're not mine, but they are, you know. And so he's like, just a little bit of time that I've been in their life mm-hmm. to see Esther grow to where we saw her yesterday. It was mm-hmm. she was different. Yeah. She was different just even after a week of college. So that's cool. Super proud yeah. of her and her growth and development. Um, the silver lining, right? Yeah. So like sometimes we like think like, man, I hope we did a good job or yeah. I, I hope I didn't like scar them or mess them up, you know, right. or like and then you get these glimpses of like uh it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, the hope is you know, they turn out to be functional human beings. Right. Like, independent and they're strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope. How do you feel you'll be when you get grandbabies? I, I I see why grandparents spoil their grandkids. Yeah, I see. I understand now, and I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm not even close. I hope I'm not close. To, <laughs> Let me just to, say, <laughs> your kids will humble you. You don't know where you are. Listen, you don't know. Listen, you if think, they are able to procreate, <laughs> you, you don't know. 
So just know that you ain't got one right now. Right now. As I'm currently speaking, I'm confident in that I'm not a grandparent. But I see why grandparents, especially like young grandparents, Mm -hmm. are able to, or their desire to do everything with that grandchild that they were unable to do with their children. Mm -hmm. Because like we're in a space now where we're detached from the age. Right. We're detached from um, the experience. It's like, I'm so far away from one and two years old, right? I have an 18 and 17 year old now. I'm so far away that I can indulge in that space wholeheartedly, be in the moment because I know one, they're not mine. And two, um, it's almost like this, this, it's almost like this opportunity for like retribution of like every moment that I wanted to um, forget about homework and keep you up late. Or wanted to feed you ice cream instead of vegetables. Like everything that I wanted to do as a cool parent that I had to not do because I was like, or I felt like I couldn't do because I had to be responsible and make the right decision. I get an opportunity to do that with grandkids. Yeah. And so showing up, um, again, I I hope that I'm not a grandpa for a very long time. Um, How long? um, Do you think you'll ever get antsy? No. 10 years. So you will be okay if you never had grandchildren. I would be. Okay. I want some grandbabies, but not for a while. And I think about 10 years. um, Well, you know, I have a 21 year old. So I would say. I think that's 30, 31. Yeah. Like I was 28, 29. Like that would be like the earliest that I would be. We're going to be young empty nesters. And I, when I say oh, empty nest. Now, see, I hadn't measured that against my, in my mind, my grandparent life is different than my empty nest life. So when you say it like that. I mean. Hold on. You, <laughs> we're going to be young. Let me do the math. Right. <laughs> because what am I? 43. Mm-hmm. Amber 42. will be gone in. T- so one, two, three years. Mm-hmm. She'll graduate 2026. Mm-hmm. So I'll be 46. So yeah, 10, 15 years. I mean, I need to travel. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's go. That's another podcast. Shit I'm going to do when, stuff I'm going to do when my kids leave. (laughs) It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's some stuff you just put off because you want to be present and available and around. You just want to be around. You know what I'm saying? You just want to be available because yeah. like when, when i think about the support system that i did not have or uh like the immediate availability that i did not have with my parents mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about you i'm just talking about me like you know i just i just wish it was a little different in that way yeah and to be able to be that for my kids is exciting but i don't want to sacrifice another moment of my adulthood for anybody else. I feel that. Like, I think I've put a lot on the altar. You have. We both have. Agreed. And there's a lot of people out there, I mean, that are watching this. You sacrifice as well. And to and I don't even blame you if you don't want to come back and do it again. But we got to finish this life out first. Yeah. Before we get to come back. Yeah. And I think that's so important for us to steward this life well, to be good and genuine and honest and real with the people around us. Yeah. I think that's so important. And so let's finish it out strong. and we can. Uh, set our situation up to where it can favor our desires and line up with our desires, then I think we do that. 
Um, but protecting those dreams and those goals from any and everything, I think there's some value and importance in that, especially when our children become adults. Absolutely. And I want them to do the same thing. I don't I don't want them to fight off my expectations at the sacrifice of their desires or what they want. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, we've built them for that. Right. To go boldly, live mm-hmm. the life, build the life, create the life yeah. that you want. and we're hoping that the seeds we've planted will yield good fruit. They'll Absolutely. be productive, um, successful, yeah. um, contributing yeah. citizens that um, they will love themselves, love others, and um, put good out in the world, yeah. right? So Absolutely. It's hard. It and is. on that note. Mm. Are we done? It feels like a good place to stop. Because I know you and I can talk for hours. Um, Well. So thank you guys for listening to this Woman Unplugged. This is episode two with Derek Sire. You're welcome. The podcast king. Um, Thank you all for listening in. But yeah, we want to hear your thoughts. We kind of uncovered a lot. So if you got thoughts, opposing thoughts, um, if Come we said us. anything that resonated with you, like, please holla, holla in the comments, like, share, subscribe, yeah. all the things. Have a beautiful day. Peace.